Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages, it is the week of December 16th, and we have some new movies for you. This week, I sound like a broken record where I make fun of every movie for their bad choice of release dates. We have quite a few good-looking movies, but they all are going to suffer the same fate. It's episode 23 of Future Flicks, and I am your host, the always correct and ever so humble, Billiam. So let's start with some news, folks. This week, we have the passing of John Glenn. He passed on December 8th. He, of course, was a national hero. He was the man who risked his life for the sake of science. He was 95. Patrick Wilson has been cast in the Aquaman movie. He's going to play Orm Curry, the Ocean Master. This movie is going to be directed by director James Wan, who is known for fantastic horror movies like Insidious, as well as some of the Fast and Furious movies. Some trailers dropped since my last episode. War of the Planet of the Apes looks amazing, and we can watch as once again Andy Serkis gives an Oscar-worthy performance, but gets snubbed for it because he does motion capture. Also, Spider-Man Homecoming looks so good that I would watch a Michael Bay 24-hour marathon just to make this movie come out a week sooner. And finally, the trailer for The Fate of the Furious came out, and I'm going to be honest, I kind of pitched a tent while watching this. I believe this is how Paul Walker would have wanted it. He was such a genuinely kind guy that I believe that this is what he would have wanted. He would have wanted them to continue. So this movie looks dumb, over the top, and f***ing amazing. I can't wait. Lastly in the news, La La Land and Moonlight are leading the 2017 Golden Globe nominations. More about La La Land in this episode. Well, folks, if you missed last episode, I introduced the Bill score, which stands for Billiam's Interest Level, which is basically my way of giving a number, a numbered score to all these movies. So this way, I'm not going to give the same thing over and over like, oh, this looks good, but wait for it to come out on DVD or see this in theaters. And, you know, if you've listened to my show before, you know how it is. But let's get on with this week's movies. Okay, normally I try and play it a little coy. I try to pretend that even if a big movie is coming out, it may not be my pick of the week. But come on, we all know what the pick of the week is going to be. We've been looking forward to this movie since the first trailer dropped. And you know what it is. I don't even have to say it. But there are other movies coming out this week. And all but one of them look really interesting. It's a shame though. And I'll tell you why in my review for Solace. John Clancy is a psychic who is working with the FBI to stop a serial killer who seemingly has powers to rival John's. This stars Sir Anthony Hopkins from the classic movie Mission Impossible 2, Colin Farrell from the classic movie Daredevil, Abby Cornish from Sucker Punch, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who apparently loves baseball. He was also in Watchmen. How the hell have I not heard about this movie? Oh, That's right, because one of the biggest movies of the year is coming out this week, as well as one of the biggest Golden Globe and Oscar contenders. Timing is everything, folks, and these people failed. There are quite a few things that go into deciding when a movie comes out. Things like past performances. If a particular type of movie is released on a specific weekend and it it does really well, then maybe other movies like it will do well too. 
There's also things like season. What season is it? Romance? Maybe Valentine's Day. Christmas? Well, Christmas, duh. Cultural events, like what's going on at the time. And guess what? Competition. Oh my God. Why did any of these choose this week, this week to come out with any movie? There should be one movie coming out this week. One movie, and that's Rogue One. That's it. This movie looks good. I may have seen this any other week. I really may have. Okay, that's a lie. I probably would have waited for DVD. Unless it was the, you know, the best looking movie coming out that week. But still, any other week this may have actually made some money. But this week is going to get lost in the shuffle. But let's talk about the movie itself. This looks really interesting. It was brought to us by two writers. One of which is Ted Griffin, who wrote Matchstick Men and Ocean's Eleven. And the other writer is Sean Bailey, who produced not wrote, but produced Gone Baby Gone, a very uplifting movie if I've ever seen one, Matchstick Men, and Tron Legacy, and is also the producer of this film. The director is some guy named Alfonso Poyart, who is new to Hollywood. His only previous experience comes from Brazil, the country, not the movie. But apparently he's looking to make a name for himself in America. That This is according to Hollywood Reporter in an article they wrote back in 2012, when this movie first came on the radar. I really don't know what took so long. It could have been one of those movies that has been done for years, but for some reason the studio just sat on it. And if you sat on it, oh my God, if you sat on this movie, why did you choose now? So this was, this came on the radar back in 2012. Let's assume that it was in pre-production for maybe half a year. Let, let's just say half a year. I don't know how these things work. I could be grossly overestimating this. Let's say half a year. And let's say it take, took another six months to film. Hell, let's say it took a year to film just for sh and giggles. Let's say it took a year to film. Even then, that is still mid-2014, early, early to mid-2014. So they sat on this movie and then when I know, I know when we're going to release this during the same week as a Star Wars film because we are pants on head retarded. That is what we are. Okay, there could have been a bunch of different reasons. Maybe the director was attached to this movie before they even had a cast. Maybe they had to wait for for some of the actors to finish one of their things and all the stars to align. Get it, stars, actors. I'm so funny. But <laughs> maybe they had to wait for all the stars to align. But still, why choose this week? And you're going to hear me mention this quite a few times during this episode. Why this week? It would have been better to go up against... Fantastic Beasts. That would have been better. Still suicide, but better. Okay, let's get back to the movie. This looks like a basic idea that gets an interesting twist thrown at it. How does one psychic stop a bad guy with powers like his? Okay, you know how? Do you remember Scott Pilgrim vs. the World when he tricked the vegan into drinking milk by thinking really hard that he put milk into one coffee cup and put soy milk into the other, but then actually switched it? That's how! Okay, no, no, no. I will actually be really mad if anything like that appears in this movie. Because Scott Pilgrim the vs. the World was an action comedy. <laughs> this movie is a serious crime thriller. So all the usual characters are here. We have the psychic who's good at what they do, but no one believes them. We have the hard-ass cop who doesn't believe in psychics. We have the other cop who's willing to believe. And we have the criminal who is somehow always one step ahead of them. This is going to be a by-the-numbers movie with nothing surprising. And the only thing attempting to keep it fresh is the idea of the bad guy having powers too. That's it. But still, this looks really good. But they chose a really, really bad time to release it. Solace gets a bill score of 7 out of 11. You know what I'm doing right now? 
I'm enjoying a drink. And the uh, the somewhat nerdy, so somewhat nerdy uh, Instagram account posted about this earlier. We mixed. It was their. I'm not sure if it was their idea if they came up with it or not. I'm gonna give them credit because they're awesome. <laughs> but they mixed Ecto Cooler and Bacardi tangerine rum and they call it a booze i've mentioned this before in the podcast i'm drinking it right now because if you haven't heard at the end of the year ecto cooler is going away again which i think is a terrible idea this product of course i'm going away from movies a bit but still kind of movie related because of ghostbusters and all that jazz so this product sold out so much that on twitter i had started a hashtag called ecto drought just because none of us could get any no one from the somewhat nerdy radio podcast not me not any of my friends at work who love ghostbusters none of us it, it took God, I forgot how long it took before we got, finally got any. So it sold out that much. And they're like, okay, it's the end of the year. Let's get rid of it. Come on, guys. Come on, High C. What are you doing? Get your act together. It's a really good drink. But anyway, back to the movies. Let's get back to the films before I get too inebriated to talk. Once I can no longer say inebriated, then I know I should stop. It's not that time yet. The next movie on the list for this week is A Kind of Murder. Walter is less than happy in his marriage. He meets a young woman named Ellie at a party, and she quickly seduces him. Walter begins to imagine what it would be like if his wife wasn't in the picture anymore, and he could finally be with Ellie. When his wife turns up dead, he becomes a key suspect in the investigation, and no one believes he doesn't do it. Not even Ellie. This stars modern horror frontman Patrick Wilson from The Conjuring, Jessica Biel from The A-Team and Seventh Heaven, and Vincent Carthizer from Mad Men. I get why they named it this, because even if Patrick Wilson didn't kill his wife, it seems like he did so, so it's kind of murder. But at the same time, it seems like a line out of a dark comedy. Hey, you want, so you want me to murder this guy? Not really, it's, it's just kind of murder. Yet another movie that's been done before, but unlike Solace, this one doesn't have anything new to add to it. The premise I gave is what I pulled from the trailer, and IMDb said something different. They added something about Walter being obsessed with an unsolved murder and playing a cat and mouse, sarcastic air quotes included, game with the real killer. So if IMDb is right, which of course they aren't always, a fact that I've become painfully aware of in the past few weeks, but even if they are right, then that is a new angle that the trailer failed to show at all. So why would a trailer that had something new to offer that would take a cliche idea and make it somewhat original? So why would they why would they have a movie like that but then make a trailer that completely <laughs> ignored what was new? So if you've ever listened to the the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast or the Watch Your Mouth podcast, which I highly suggest you do, I mean these podcasts are so good that even if I didn't work with these people, I would still listen to him. But anyway, if you've ever listened to those podcasts, you may have heard them talk about Trailer Man. That's not his real name. This guy who makes these fantastic trailers that makes movies look amazing, but the movies kind of turn out like garbage. Kind of like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows and things like that. But it looks like they didn't get this guy to work on this trailer because this trailer made it look like a by-the-numbers movie. like Kind of like Gone Girl, but set in the 
50s or 60s or whatever oldie time this is. Instead of showing us what was new and unique and giving us a reason to see it. Since I can't fully trust IMDb, I am going to assume that the movie is everything the trailer showed. And since it didn't even hint at anything new, and that's all it would have taken, a hint, just a hint of something new. But since it didn't show anything new, I'm going to assume that it's a, a tired and contrived movie. A color by numbers murder mystery. And that makes me sad because I love the actors in it, but not even they can save this for me. This doesn't look interesting at all. In fact, the actors are the only reason I would even consider watching this. It doesn't look good enough to be able to ignore the cliche-ness of it. Is that actually a word? Well, it is now. Cliche-ness. You've heard it here first. A kind of murder gets a three out of 11. We have one more movie before the break, and that movie is called Neruda. Nobel Prize winning poet Pablo Neruda is on the run in his own country after an inspector is sent to hunt him down after he joins the Communist Party in the late 1940s. This stars Luis Gineco from Narcos and Gael Garcia Bernal from Mozart in the Jungle. This was written by Guillermo Calderón, who wrote The Club, a movie about seals. All right, no, I'm joking. I've, I've never seen that. But that's, the, that's one of the biggest things he's done, apparently. And this is directed by Pablo Larraín, who directed Jackie from the week of December 2nd, the movie with Natalie Portman about Jackie Onassis Kennedy, or Kennedy Onassis, however you, however you do that. I don't know how, how that works. Does a husband's name come first? I don't know, whatever. Who cares? Anyway, this movie claims it's a serious movie and even has a serious premise. But when I watched the trailer, I really couldn't help but get the impression that this was going to be a comedy. Not just that a few scenes were going to be funny, but that this was going to be funny like Inherent Vice or Inglorious Bastards, movies that may not have been full-on comedies, but were actually quite funny. This movie, just like the two previous movies, haven't been advertised at all at least not that i've seen i've mentioned before that movie companies now more than ever realize that there's money to be made once movies leave theaters and not just the sales of blu-rays and dvds but streaming as well so maybe just maybe these movies the movies that i've mentioned so far in the next few ones chose this week because they didn't think that they'd make much money anyway in theaters so they just chose a day with a really good excuse on why they tanked, and they plan on making all their money back after they leave the cinema. But let's get back to the movie. This looks good, like it was made by the Coen brothers, but the Chilean version of the Coen brothers. That's not a bad thing at all. Not at all. I love the Coen brothers. This movie does look interesting, even though the trailer tells a different story than the words they use to sell it. But no matter how serious or funny it is, this movie looks good but not nearly good enough to stand a chance this week. Like I said, good enough to earn a nice amount of money on sales or streaming, but this movie is going to lose the weekend. So this is a foreign language film because it won't be authentic to have Pablo Neruda and a bunch of Chilean people speaking in English, so that automatically is going to turn some people off. The kind of people who say, I want to watch a movie, not read. I'm lazy and I don't want to leave my comfort zone of Michael Bay films and police procedural reruns. Okay, maybe they don't say all of that, but you know the type of person I'm talking about. There's something special about movies based on real events that tell the untold stories of famous figures, especially if it can provide a laugh. This movie looks interesting because Pablo Neruda is one of those figures that not a lot of people are familiar with. 
Sure, most of us may know his name and that he was a poet, but I never knew he was a commie. Good for you, Comrade Neruda. This film is a definite save for later. Even if Rogue One wasn't coming out this week, it still wouldn't have made it as my pick. But it will make my list of movies to watch later. Neruda gets a 7 out of 11. Well, folks, that's it for the first part of episode 23. So please stay tuned for a word from our good friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back with a movie called Collateral Beauty. Howard suffers a tragedy in his life and he becomes more and more reclusive and he begins to write letters to love, time, and death. One day, they respond. This stars Will Smith from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, everyone's favorite gilf, Helen Mirren from The Queen, Edward Norton from Red Dragon, Naomi Harris from Skyfall, Michael Peña from End of Watch, Kate Winslet from Finding Neverland, and Kira Knightley from The Imitation Game. This is a amazing cast. Take any two of those people, any two of them, and they could make a great movie. But all of these people together blows my mind. This is directed by David Frankel, who directed one of my favorite movies ever, The Big Year, as well as another great movie called The Devil Wears Prada. It's written by Alan Loeb, who wrote one of my favorite canceled TV shows, New Amsterdam, as well as the Kevin James movie, Here Comes the Boom. Everything about this movie screams that's going to be fantastic. It makes me wonder why the flying they chose this week to release it. This could have been the movie to see, but no. They chose to release this the same week as Rogue One. Are you getting the theme of this week? Do you get it? Even if you give zero about Rogue One, even if you're some syphilitic troglodyte who hates Star Wars, you would still realize that it's movie suicide to release it release anything the same week as Star Wars. This should have come out at the beginning of the fall season. A sad movie with a positive message that is potentially uplifting would be a great thing for the start of the holiday season. But no, they chose now to release it. They chose mid-December in the middle of a winter blockbuster season. What do they have to contend with? Let's see. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is still out and going strong. Uh, Office Christmas Party came out, and even though it's by the numbers and predictable, it's hilarious. This week, we have Rogue One and La La Land. Next week, we have Passengers and, and Sing, I believe. No, no, no. This movie is going to get lost in the shovel, and it's a shame. It is a shame, I tell you, because this movie looks amazing. It looks like a movie that could have stayed strong and in the number one spot for like one or two weeks at the beginning of this season. Until Fantastic Beasts came out, that is. But no, it's not, because they chose this week to come out. And it's a shame, because this movie had potential. It's probably going to be fantastic. I really, really want to see it, but I, I honestly don't think I'm going to make time to see it. Because the next two movies I'm going to talk about 
the two biggest movies of the week, the two biggest movies of the year, are going to destroy it just like Godzilla destroys Tokyo. This is not even going to be a fair fight. Collateral Beauty is going to be left in the dust, and it's a shame because this movie is worth seeing. Even though this movie is going to do terribly, even though I know I'm not going to see it until it comes out on DVD, Collateral Beauty still gets a score of 9 out of 11. Okay, normally this is when I would be trying to say, oh, there are two movies left, which one is my pick? You guys know. You guys know what the pick is. So let's talk about La La Land instead. Mia is an aspiring actress who's down on her luck and catches the eye of Sebastian, a jazz pianist who quickly falls for her. The two quickly fall in love, but their love is put to the test when their careers start to take off. This stars Ryan Gosling from The Big Short and Emma Stone from Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. This was written and directed by Damien Chazelle, who wrote and directed Whiplash, a, a huge Oscar contender and Golden Globe contender from a few years back. This movie has been on every critic and every movie enthusiast's radar for a while now, and it looks amazing. This is the first original musical to come out in a while, and... This is the only movie this week that stands a chance against Rogue One. This movie is big enough and it has been hyped enough that it will get an audience. Though I still think this movie could have ruled the weekend had it come out on a different date. This movie is going to do well, but it's still going to come in second place by a big margin. This is a musical romantic dramedy that's already making a name for itself. Just like I mentioned in the news segment, this film is already one of the leading movies in the Golden Globe nominations, and theoretically, it'll lead in Oscar nods too. Awards shows are usually full of crap. Most of us know this, and I've talked about it many times, but even then, the movies that get nominated are at least worthy. Even if money is doing the talking when it comes to award shows, a crappy movie, no matter how much money is thrown around, won't get wins and won't even get nods. The trailer for La La Land makes it look like a modern love story and an old-timey musical had a beautiful baby. I don't know how well the two lead actors can sing, but I bet you they can do the job because I don't think this is the type of movie where they'd be voiced over. This is not going to be like, like old Disney cartoons where someone mildly famous did the voice for the character but when the song came they just pulled some nobody singer to fill the role this even looks like the sort of musical that a non-musical fan would like they don't sing the whole time there are scenes with dialogue and then they break into song just like real life right right or, or is that just in my head hmm the design looks vibrant so even the dark scenes like the ones in bars or nightclubs will turn from dark to bright at the drop of a hat or at the drop of the first song note La La Land looks like a homage to the musicals of my parents' day, but with a modern cast and modern topics, but without the pandering modernization of songs. So no bass is going to be dropping here. This is going to be a fun and classic musical. La La Land is going to be an amazing movie, and probably one of the few times that the D-bags at Rotten Tomatoes and the everyday moviegoer are going to see eye to eye. I am really excited for this. And it's been a while since I've seen two movies in one week, but this is going to be that time because Rogue One looks great and La La Land looks great. La La Land is going to be the technically better movie, but Rogue One is going to be more fun. I urge all of you that you should find some time to see this movie. 
and do it in theaters just so you can get that big screen and the surround sound and fully enjoy it. So maybe not, don't see it this week, maybe see it in the weeks to come because this is going to stay through the holiday season, but watch it. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. If this movie was going to be a lemon, we would already have heard about it from all the advanced screenings. La La Land gets an 11 out of 11. All right, well, we have one movie to go, and we all know that my pick is going to be Rogue One. You knew it from the beginning. I knew it when I started my research. This was it. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's start talking about the last movie on the list this week, and also my pick of the week, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The Rebellion puts a team together to steal the plans for the Empire's new super weapon. This stars Felicity Jones from The Theory of Everything, Diego Luna from Elysium, Alan Tudyk from Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Donnie Yen from Ip Man, Forrest Whitaker from The Last King of Scotland, and Mads Mikkelsen from Casino Royale. Man, that's a great cast. Look at, the, look at those names. Felicity Jones, The Theory of Everything was a great movie, and she did a fantastic job as the ex-Mrs. Uh, Stephen Hawking. Diego Luna, I talk about, I mentioned Ito Mama Tambien quite a bit in this podcast, and he was in that. Uh, Alan Tudyk, of course. Firefly, come on. He's a leaf on the wind. And uh, Donnie Yen, Forrest Whitaker, all amazing people. If you're any sort of good nerd, this movie has been on your radar for a while now. And I have to say it was iffy for a bit because of all the, the rumors and news flying around about rewrites and reshootings and everything and trying to make it more of a war movie than less of a war movie and more of a classic Star Wars movie, but it's not a Star Wars movie. It's not going to have an opening crawl. Darth Vader's in it, but just for a little bit, blah, blah, blah. So I think I think a lot of us were holding our breath for this one. A lot of us were really concerned that it was going to be another Force Awakens. I really liked The Force Awakens. It was an okay movie, but it was just that. It was okay. It was entertaining and fun, but not great by any stretch, and quite a few people were disappointed by it and the fact that it seemed to mirror a new hope in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, it was still fun, and that is what's most important. But of course, Star Wars, it's always harder with Star Wars because you're going to have friends like my friend Count Casimir who treats Star Wars like his baby. When Disney got rid of the EU, that was a huge blow to him because the expanded universe was what made Star Wars great. The original three movies are American cinema legends, but the greatness of Star Wars, everything that made it fantastic comes from from the expanded universe and how the story just turned into this amazing world or universe, should I say, this amazing universe full of other amazing stories, more than just the battle with the Empire, more than just the Jedi. There's a whole book about the bounty hunters. Uh, there's a whole book about the people who live in Jabba's palace. Those were fantastic. There was a Rogue Squadron bo uh, books and then they got rid of it. So that makes everything new Disney does even more important just because all of that greatness is no longer canon. If you're anything like me, I just reject all that BS. You know, f that and f you Disney for trying to do that. You can't get rid of the EU. But all that aside, all that controversy made all these new movies that much more important. And then the fact that we went into this so uncertain made the first impressions even 
more critical than they were going to be in the first place. And I'm happy to report, if you haven't heard already, that the first impressions are amazing. George Lucas loved it. Will Wheaton loved it. I mentioned those two in particular because those are names people would know, but all of the all of the early reviews coming in are, are loving it. True, there are going to be the naysayers, the douchebags who are going to hate on this movie just because it's a mainstream movie and they only love artsy indie films and of course are going to be the people who honestly don't like it but but all that aside everything i've heard so far says this is going to be a great movie let's talk about trailer guy or trailer girl i'm not sexist okay let's talk about trailer girl there we go i'm gonna change it up let's talk about trailer girl she has done her job for this one the trailers look great and it's the mix of of all the scenes showing whoever that mysterious Grand Admiral is, and, and showing the scenes from the Death Star, showing the scenes from the Rebel base with Mon Mothra. <laughs> Did I just say Mothra? Mon Mothma. Showing the scenes with Mon Mothma. And and just, just the way the whole trailer is put together with that piano rendition of Binary Sunset. Those trailers just tugged at my heartstrings and made me want to see this movie. So this movie is giving us a fantastic cast who is absolutely going to kill it. It's also going to give us a story that we're familiar with the ending, or at least we're familiar with what it does or what it accomplishes. And it's going to tell us how they got to that point. So they can come up with original content, but tie it into the story by having the end result be a part of the original trilogy. This is also going to be the first live-action Star Wars movie without a Jedi main character, and I think that's really cool. Because the Jedi are awesome, but there's so much more to the Star Wars universe than just them. If you're familiar with 40k at all, it's just like saying, oh, the Space Marines are great, but ignoring the fact that the Imperial Guard exist. So Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is the movie of the year. It's already the movie of the year. No matter what any of us think afterwards, it's already the movie of the year because of the hype it built up and the fact that tickets sold out so fast. Finding Dory, Fantastic Beasts, Marvel movies, DC movies, whatever. Who gives a damn? This is Star Wars. And unless you are seriously deprived human being, you have seen the movies multiple times. And if you're one of those weirdos who doesn't like Star Wars, then how about you go see La La Land and then pat yourself on the back for being so unique? Oh, I hate Star Wars. I'm going to go eat a gluten-free donut in my Prius and get sexually aroused while listening to NPR. I'm not sure if you've ever met anyone like that, but the only reason I seem so bitter in that little segment right there is just because I've met people who don't like Star Wars and they're proud of it. And they almost want you to know how unique and what a unique special flower they are just because they don't like one of the biggest cultural phenomenons of all time. But let's wrap this up. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, was cast amazingly. It looks like the actors absolutely kill it in this. It looks beautiful with the set design and camera work capturing everything perfectly. Classic Star Wars music, a story that we're familiar with but will be unique enough that it's not going to feel like we've all heard it all before. And proof, hopefully proof, that Disney is not going to mess up Star Wars. This is the movie to watch. Not just this week, but this year. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, gets an 11 out of 11. I just want to say that some news broke out since I recorded the rest of this podcast. And I just want to add that actor Alan Thicke has died, uh, died yesterday at the age of 69 due to a heart attack. 
Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Please, please, please give me a great review on whatever forum you're listening to this on, iTunes or some iTunes app, SoundCloud, whatever. And also share this with your friends. Let's spread the word. Let's get more listeners. So it is time for the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's www.somewhatnerdy.com. Need to reach me? Leave me a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy site or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter, BilliamSWN. That's B-I-L-L-I-A-M-S-W-N. Email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle. Also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, The Great Swearity from our friend Critter. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of the latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.